welcome to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for joining us today. Get ready to be inspired and motivated to live a high-impact life. Now, here's Rick. Welcome to the Point of Impact podcast. I'm Rick McDaniel. It's great again this week to have you joining with us. And we are going to start a focus, a new focus on change. Now, we had an interview last week. We'll have another interview again this week. So we'll mix in some of these very interesting perspectives from uh, leaders, especially uh, African-American leaders, about what they see in terms of racism in our country and what can be done about it. But I want to begin talking about change and the need for change and the courage to make change in your life, the change process, that all of that. I'd like to spend several episodes talking about that and beginning today by focusing on the need for change. Now, I do want you to know this does not mean that it's all about systemic change or structural change in the sense of uh, changing our society. That is a part of it. But it is about personal change because I am a believer that really that's where it really happens. That's that's how change ultimately takes place in, in a person's life is through um personal change. And when personal change happens in enough people, then you see changes in a larger group or community or company or corporation or team or family or church or whatever you're talking about. So I am about personal change leading to larger change, but we'll mix in some of the some of the insights and some of the perspectives that come with making changes uh, that have to do particularly right now with, with uh, race in America. But I want to focus in about the idea of change, a moment for personal, powerful change in your life. Is, is this not a time to really consider and think about changes? And I want to bring in the, the virus as well. In other words, I think that we have kind of a one-two dynamic going on here right now between the coronavirus and the racial uh, unrest and, and racial issues in our country that began with the senseless killing of George Floyd. We have two kind of uh, commensurate issues taking place at the same time, and both of them are highly disruptive, highly disruptive. This is a major disruption by any way you could measure it. And with disruption comes opportunity. With disruption comes the potential to reassess, to reflect on our lives and to realign and refocus our lives. So if we can look at this disruption as an opportunity for reflection, if we can look at this as an opportunity to reassess our life, if we can look to realign with our values, to refocus on those things that maybe we lost focus on, then then this can be an extremely positive 
experience in the midst of what seems to be extremely negative. I mean, there's just so many things about this pandemic and about what's happening racially that are just disturbing and upsetting. And, you know, you would think, well, what what is the possible good that is happening here? And it would not appear that that, you know, there's there now there's much good happening, but there's great potential for good happening. And and that's that's what I want to focus on. What is it that you need to change in your life? You know, if there's something that just jumps out at me about what's happening racially right now, it's a line I've used many times before, which is it's better to change before you're forced to change. And now you're now you're seeing police departments that are going to be forced to change. You're going to see other uh, groups and um, other aspects of our society that are going to be forced into change rather than having willingly changed themselves wouldn't it be better for you to take the time now to make the changes that you need to make in your life rather than being forced to do that later i always like to say that i you know that i don't want to be you know flat on my back in a in a hospital in order for god to get my attention about things that need to to change in my life now I've never spent a night in a hospital. Every time I say that publicly, my wife's always like, oh, you shouldn't say that because then you're going to end up in the hospital. But so far, so good. Uh, so I say that simply to say that I'm trying to live out what I s- s- preach myself, which is let's uh, let's be aware of things that are happening in our lives so that we might make the changes we need to make and thus avoid the pain that comes by being forced into change. Shift out of our comfort zone and into something better, something better. To make the kinds of changes that lead to growth, that lead to positive growth in our lives. You know, when we're comfortable, we are more defensive about change. Why do we resist change? Well, because we, we're comfortable. Now, many of us, see, aren't very comfortable right now, which is exactly why this is a marvelous season, a marvelous opportunity for positive change in your life and mine. We resist change because it's hard to do new things. Yes, it is. It's hard. And guess what? You might fail. Might not work. So we resist change because it's difficult and it may not even result in something that works. You know, we're like, well, if I'm going to do something hard, it better end up working. And there's, of course, no guarantee that things will work just because we change them. But of course, there's absolutely no opportunity for things to get better if we don't even try or attempt to change. Change can be threatening to our friends, to our family. They may not like it. They may look at us and say, I don't, I don't, I don't like these changes. Uh, I don't want you to change. I think you should stay the way you are. And you know, whenever I talk about this, I, I think of an adage 
that I was told years ago, and I really think having worked with many, many couples, there's an enormous amount of truth in this. So you, you, you know, you pondered it for yourself, but here's how it goes. When a man marries a woman, he wants her to stay the same and not change. And when a woman marries a man, she says, I'm going to change him. Now, this is, of course, a broad generalization, but it's fascinating. Again, you know, years of talking with couples as I have as a pastor, it's fascinating how much truth there is in that. And you'll see couples struggle because men, husbands, will say, um, she's changed. I, I, I don't like the changes. I liked her the way she was when I married her. You know, you'll see a, um, a woman get married and then they'll have children and she'll begin to put the focus more on the kids than the husband. It's not a good change for the husband. She'll not uh, maybe have as much focus on her appearance not a good change for many husbands. They, they're, they're not liking it. They're, they're saying, I married this person and I wanted you to be this way. And conversely, women will look at men and say, you know, he's kind of rough around the edges, but this it's is good work. It is good to work with. I got something to work with here, but we've got, we got to, you know, we got to get him straightened up. We got to, you know, we got to make him this and make him that. We got to get his wardrobe better. And, uh, you know, we've got to help him to, uh, uh, you know, moving his career maybe in, in a more aggressive, uh, ambitious way, whatever the case may be. And then and then wives begin to try to work on changing their husbands. And again, then they come in and, and you know, the wife's like, he's uh, still like this and isn't like that. And the husband's like, yeah, I, I don't want to do that. You know, I, I I didn't sign up for that. So it's it's interesting about change and just the way it works. Ultimately, you've got to welcome the change yourself. You know, it, it's got to be something that you want to do. It can't be something that someone's forcing you to do. You, you've got to do it yourself because it's hard to change. And, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult. And so, especially, you know, just certain things that you need to change in, in your life. Now, again, if, if we just look at our, our present situation that we find ourselves in, and just look at some of these racial issues. You know, it may be hard for 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 you to really look at yourself and say, boy, I really, you know, I really have been the beneficiary as a white person of some, you know, it's hard to hear words like supremacy or even privilege, but I've been fortunate uh, by virtue of being a white person uh, to be able to have some benefits and, and sort of a leg up that my uh, African-American or other friends of color didn't have. And to be able to, to acknowledge that or to be able to look at uh, situations that have taken place and your kind of immediate perspective or view on that and be able to look and say, you know, there are some things here in the way in which people are brought up in the neighborhoods in which they live that just simply limit them educationally and limit them by opportunities and, and just the network and connections that help a person so much. And it, it can be hard to change that sort of perspective and understanding and be able to 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 say there's things that that I need to do differently or or like where I'm from in Richmond Virginia where we oh, we have an entire street called Monument Avenue and right now the, the 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 movement is to take these monuments down to these Confederate soldiers and you know for some to say well that's just uh you know that's just a heritage or honoring uh people who served in but 
others, especially blacks, and look at it as the Confederacy in a, a, a fight to try to keep slavery uh, alive. And so it, it, those monuments to them are highly offensive and hurtful. So making these sorts of changes in our lives, it's not, it's not easy. It's not easy to do. And on a more personal level, just making changes uh, within, say, your value system to be able to, to say, you know, this isn't really the way I should be living. I should be living differently. And if you consider yourself to be a Christian, but if you were to read the Bible and see what the Bible says about how we're to live and what Jesus talks about, and you realize, well, I don't really live that way, uh, it's, it, it's difficult to change. But it certainly can be done. Millions and millions of people have done it. Or something like your personal health. You know, the other day was National Donut Day. You know, it just chuckled and I, I was like, oh, I'm not going to go and get a free donut. And I didn't do that. OK, that was Friday. And then Saturday morning, you know, I'm up early and I'm like, oh, man, I like to get I like to get a Boston cream donut. Every New Englander loves a Boston cream donut. So there I am, you know, like uh, made it through one day, but couldn't make it through the next. I mean, it's not easy. And, and I'm a guy that's highly committed to health and fitness and all those sorts of things. But, you know. It's not easy to eat right and exercise and make the sort of positive changes that you need to make in your life. And so it's easy to understand where resistance comes from. And let's just face, face this. You know, you don't know what might happen when you change. There's the unknown. And some of us are uh, more comfortable with the unknown, unknown and some are not. And again, now we go to something like the coronavirus and the fact that there are just people that are just hate the idea of the unknown and are so uh, worked up about the unknown. They, you know, what's going to happen? And so people that are not comfortable with the unknown are resistant to make the, making the changes that they need to make in their lives. There's a great story in a book uh, called Ford, the Man and the Machine by Robert Lacey about resistance to change. And it has to do with Henry Ford. Now, you know, he was a man who loved the Model T, the, you know, the first production automobile. He changed the world. I mean, he did. There's just no denying that mass production automobiles were changed or were completely life changing. And then you mass produce them so many people can get them and the guy was a phenomenal change agent by any 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 way of defining it any any stretch of the imagination you have to say this was a guy who was a phenomenal change agent but watch this he was in uh, Europe and while he was gone a guy named William Knutson his production man went and produced a new Model T, a new version, a low slung version of a, of a Model T. And uh, it was, you know, it, it was different. There's just no other way to say it. It was red, lacquer, sheen, color, you know, just wow. So Ford comes back from Europe and he walks in to the factory and he sees this new Model T design and here's what the workers recorded I mean this this is like verbatim quote of what the mechanics recorded about Ford's reaction Ford had his hands in his pockets and he walked around the car three or four times 
It was four-door job and the top was down. And finally, he got to the left-hand side of the car. He took his hands out of his pockets, got a hold of the door, and bang, he ripped the door off. How the man done it, I don't know. He jumped in, bang, goes the other door. Bang, goes the windshield. He jumps over the back seat and starts pounding on the top. He rips the top with the heel of his shoe. He wrecked that car as much as he could. Just think about it. This is the guy who changed the world with mass production automobile. And four years, this is four years later, by the way, 1908, Model T comes out, this is 1912. Four years later, it's time for a new version, an improved version of the car. A, a, a change, an update, and Ford... The change agent goes absolutely berserk because he can't deal with the fact that Knutson had changed his beloved Model T. Wow. It's a great story. It's a great picture for us to just think about. So, you know, why do we change then? You know, what is it that that will bring us change? And I, I always go back to something I heard years ago from John Maxwell. He said, we change when... Three things. When we hurt enough that we have to, we experience enough that we want to, or we learn enough that we're able to. Let's just go, go through it one more time. So this is when we change. We change when we hurt enough that we have to. And that's what's happening right now in America. The pain of our African-American brothers and sisters has risen to a point that it has resulted in protests. It has resulted in all types of of outcry that things have got to change. We heard enough that we have to. We experience enough that we want to. We experience enough that we say, you know, I, I think I would rather do this instead of that. I think I would rather live this way instead of that way. I think I would rather be healthy rather than carry around 40 extra pounds and deal with all that that involves. I would like to... I. I I've experienced it by being around other healthy people, and I want to be healthy too. We learn enough that we're able to. We simply learn enough. And this, again, if you look at something like the Christian life, where you begin to attend church, you begin to hear the Bible preached, you read the Bible, you learn about the Bible, you're around other Christians, and you begin to learn how to live differently, how to change your lifestyle and your values and align them more uh, with the teachings of Jesus. And you do that and because you learn enough that you're able to actually make those kinds of changes in your life. This is, this is uh, you know, why we change. This is why we change. Now, that's just a nice little, you know, easy to remember, easy three ways. But let me just share a few more. Why, you know, why we would change. Sometimes... Um, we change because we have a shift in our beliefs or our values, or our interests. We change because our beliefs change. Again, just to stay with the Christian metaphor. So you begin to decide that the Bible's teachings are the way to live your life. So you change your beliefs and then that change in your beliefs leads to changes in your life. Shift in the way you live or, or your interests change. Your interests change. 
you you have a different interest and in, and this can happen like in your professional life where you just say you know i'm just i'm just not interested in what i used to be interested in and the career that i started out in is no longer the career that i'm interested in pursuing today so there's a shift there in your interest and it leads to a a shift in 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 what you do professionally maybe you have the need for a new challenge you know you simply say you know i i kind of done i did it you know i i set out to do it and i did it i built the business that i wanted to build i achieved what it is that i wanted to achieve and now i need something new i need a new challenge uh, i'm i'm just not challenged and motivated enough in, in what I'm doing and I, I need something more. Or you realize that your skills or your talents or abilities are, are just not being fully realized, that, that there's really you know, a better fit for you somewhere. And you, you want to align your experience and your skills that you've developed and your natural talents and gifts you want to align them in a way that is the best possible fit as you enter, you know, maybe a new season in your life or or maybe it, it could be it doesn't enter a new season, could be, or you choose to enter a new season. You choose to, to make that change. Or maybe you just realize how short life really is. You just, you know, over 100,000 people die. That, that'll get your attention. Like, uh, you know, um, nobody's guaranteed tomorrow. Jesus taught those that very clearly. You know, he taught very clearly that, you know, we, we don't, our lives are a vapor. <laughs> we, don't, we don't know how long, we don't know how long we have on this earth. And so when you just really begin to ponder that about the brevity of life, you know, it, it just, it makes you think, hmm, Maybe there's something I need to do that I'm not doing. Maybe there's somewhere I need to go I haven't gone. Maybe there's someone that I need to connect with or be with. And now's the time to make the change. The single days are over. It's time to make that commitment and move forward toward marriage and a family, for instance, just as an example. So what would you, you know, change? Like what, what could you change when you think about, you know, what do you want to change in, in your life? Do you, do you want to change your thinking? Again, in terms of, say, these racial issues, do you want to change the way you think? Come to have a, a greater degree of understanding and compassion for what it's like to have lived in America as a black person, to be a person of color, to be a mother of children and wonder if they're in danger and think that they are based on the things that can happen, especially to black young men, and, and carry that burden, which, which you would say a white mother just never even, even entered your mind. You know, change your thinking or change your attitude. This coronavirus is just really, you know, it's like a, it's just, it's a total attitude challenge. You know, what, how are you going to look at life? 
if you already were a kind of a fear or fear oriented person and now this happens and i mean is this the way you want to live your rest of your life just constantly just paralyzed by fear or is it time to have more of a faith-filled positive attitude toward life maybe you want to change your behavior you know you're like yeah i really am tired of being i'm sick and tired of being sick and tired you know just i gotta get healthier i'm just it's just not working this is not good if I'm going to be around on this earth longer, I, I, I got to get healthier. And frankly, if I want to do the things I want to do in my life, it's going to take a greater degree of health than I have right now. And then you just have to ask yourself some questions like, can I envision myself doing this? That, that, it's always going to begin with a vision. Can you envision yourself doing this? No one has ever made positive change in their life. Before, unless they can envision themselves, see themselves in this new reality, see themselves that way. And so that's, it's a gigantic thing you have to say to yourself, you know, can I see myself growing, you know, growing? Because that's what change is all about. You can change without growing. It's true. You can make changes in your life that are negative changes, you know, like start drinking more, overeating, watching too much television. I mean, you can change. It does nothing for your personal growth. So you can change without growing, but you can't grow without changing. It, it can't happen. If you want to grow, you will have to make positive change in your life. Is this your goal? Is this your dream or is it someone else's? You know, go back to the marriage thing, you know. If a wife says, you know, you need to do this, husband, or you need to do that, this is the change you need to make, not as nearly as likely a, a, to happen unless the husband says, well, I do want to do that. I do want to make that change. I do want to live differently. If you own it, you want it, then it can happen. But if it's somebody else's idea, not, not so likely. Here's another question. What's going to be different this time? You know, maybe you tried to get healthier. You tried to uh, stop smoking or drinking and it's never worked. What is it this time that's going to be different? What are you going to change this time that is going to lead to true, long-lasting success? Great question. Here's a, here's a good one. Will you feel a sense of accomplishment? And I would say if you make positive change, you absolutely will. I mean, I just think there's nothing better. I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm all about accomplishment. I mean, I am. I mean, I just love to make a list of things to do and check them all off and just get them all done. And, you know, again, people say, so you, you, you preach at a church every week and you do a podcast every week and you write devotion every week and you're writing all these articles and you're writing books and you travel around and speaking and like in that a lot of stuff to do. And you know what? It A guy like me, it works because I like to accomplish things and it, it works for me. I like accomplishment and I know this much. It feels good. And if you can get in your mind this feeling of what it will feel like to accomplish what you set out to accomplish, you can really make some positive change in your life. Will this change make a positive difference in your life? There it is. Will it make it? Will 
in other words, what you want to change, will it really end up doing something positive for your life? Because if it will, then that can be highly motivating. If it will, there's, there's real, there's real, you know, there's real potential there. There is real potential. But you've got to determine that for yourself. You've got to be able to identify that and say, yes, this is going to really make a big positive difference in my life. I'm going to make the changes that I need to make that are going to, again, save my marriage. I'm going to make the changes that are going to help me to succeed professionally. I am going to make the changes that are going to draw me closer to God and give me a real sense of purpose for my life. I am going to make the kinds of changes that are going to make me healthier and happier with my physical condition. And they will. Those changes will have a positive difference in your life. Absolutely, positively, for sure, that will happen. And if you can envision that and see that and identify it and say, yeah, this, this is going to work, then that's, that's how change happens. And, that's, and we're going to talk a lot more again about it over the next several episodes about change but this is just kind of like the introductory aspect of why we need to change and why we resist changing and how it is that change is so good for us personally. And I think right now in our uh, country, it's so good for us just communally as, as, a, as a group of people called Americans to make the kinds of changes that we need to make that will, that will make us more fair, equitable and just the way that we are intended to be from our founding documents and the kind of country that we really want to be and aspire to be. And again, the kind of people that we want to be and make the changes that we need to make in our own personal lives. So get after it, friends. Start thinking about it, identifying what you want to change. And uh, we'll, we'll come back with a, an episode here about how to, how to do it, how to have the courage to do it. And I look forward to sharing that with you. And I will see you next week. You've been listening to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for tuning in. And we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.